Welcome to the Hoops Stradamus Podcast, part of the Closure Series. I'm Adam Schell, who joined by my good friend, Hami Arain. And today we're talking about the Indiana Pacers. How are you doing, Hami? I'm doing great, man. Uh, yeah, very excited. Uh, yeah, so, it's, you know, obviously everyone would know. I mean, well, I don't know about everyone, but, you know, if you know, you know, we're mostly Chicago-based here. Hoops Drama. So we're, we're kind of looking on, like, outside, inside, you know, outside, from the outside, right? The Indiana Pacers. Uh, yeah. And honestly, I mean, like... In the last few years, and both of us would agree that they're a very well-run team. Yeah, a very interesting team. Uh, they've taken some big steps forward. Uh, it's interesting. Part of this whole closure series, I mean, it, it really is exactly what it sounds like. We're trying to provide closure for the fan bases as they uh, head into the offseason. And with the Pacers, it's like, I don't think you have anything to be ashamed of, you know? Like, they didn't yeah. do too great in the playoffs, but they – Went forty five and twenty eight. You know that's. I mean, solid. they can feel maybe they can feel a little better knowing that the Heat kind of curb stomped everyone under the way to the finals. So yeah, they haven't had that a losing was a series season. That a lot of people thought it would be close. Yeah, for real. I mean, um, the Heat were just a different animal in the bubble, and we saw that. But they really haven't had a losing season actually since uh, the second to last year under Frank Vogel, twenty fourteen fifteen. So this is a team really heading in the right direction. And, you know, going into the season, I was really high on them. And I, and I, I remained high on them because you have, in my opinion, their best player is probably Sabonis, but you got Sabonis, Warren, Brogdon, uh, and then two question marks and no disrespect to these guys, but Victor Oladipo was a question mark going in with his health. And uh, he was, frankly, kind of a shell of himself. And I'll, I'll take a look at some of those numbers a little later in the show. But then uh, Miles Turner, just because they had, kind of had a little bit of a um, log jam in the front court there. And so – Yeah, it, they're very much like one of those traditional, like, you know, we're going to build it like uh, like it's 2008, you know, type of teams. Yeah, yeah. Like a – shoot, this team in, a, in the 90s would be interesting, <laughs> you know. It'd be pretty damn good, Yeah. If Sabonis, and I, I believe he started to shoot a little bit more from three this past season, but if he can start uh, knocking down some threes, I think they can get super interesting um, just because they don't have a ton of – I guess Miles Turner takes some threes. Um, yeah, Sabonis. I, I, remember looking, I remember looking at, like, the team – yeah, I don't know if you saw this, but there was, like, a tweet that's been going around about, like, team-by-team team shot charts. From, I did see that. Know, in 2007 to like 2020 or something like that. And the Pacers, they like, even like today, some of those shot charts from 2007, the Pacers kind of have, from what I remember, kind of similar to that kind of era, right? Like a lot of mid-range jumpers, a lot of jumpers from the elbow. They're big, love shooting from the elbow. I know that. Uh, and like, you know, mid-range twos. And, you know, just kind of taking that branch out. That's why, yeah, like, you know, if it was 2005 or something like that, the Pacers would be a really well-built team going to the future. And they'd be like ahead of their time. They'd be looked at like that. Uh, yeah, I I know what you're talking about. Like, looking at that shot chart, uh, it's a lot of stuff like from the elbow or you know that kind of like long mid range. 
And the first thing I thought of is like, oh, those are probably all Sabonis, you know? Right, right. And, and like, Miles Turner also has, like, he is a decent, like, mid-range jumper, too. He's a decent little shooter. He shot around 34% from three, 34, 35 area. Uh, Sabonis uh, started to take at least, you know, around A3 a game, but he only shot uh, 25%, too. And so that's interesting to kind of look at uh, because he just seems like a player um, – not to stereotype, but like he's a tall white guy from Europe who passes really well. Usually those guys are good shooters too. Well, I believe he is American though too. Oh, that's, that's a good point. That's a good well, point. I mean, um, yeah, because it, it's, it's one of those semantics because, you know, he was born in Portland or something like that. Yeah, probably. yeah. I, I guess I always forget that because like he's got such a, a foreign name. But yeah, that's he does have, like, the son. I mean, he really does have like like he like he was – he grew up playing like a European style, uh, how Europeans grew up playing. Yeah. You know, it could be like that. Because uh, I, I've saw like, I've seen some articles about how different it is, uh, how what Americans teach like, in terms of fundamentals and then versus Europeans where it's way more team fundamentals. And, you know, it, it, Americans and, – and this is so obvious, just looking at other stuff in America too. It's like so much like consumerist. It's so much like one-on-one. It's so much like, uh, you know, like it, it, crossover. I'm going to destroy you. You know, I want to be the next Kyrie Irving type of thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, just uh, dribble the ball. <laughs> slash, right. you know, very one-on-one. You know, but, like, compared to Europe, Europe, you know, like, you look at guys like Doncic, you know? Like, that, that's, like, a prototypical guy who, like, is from Europe and has that European style. And he's, he just happens to be the leader of the team, like, the best player of the, in the league, one of, one of those players. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um yeah, I guess I always like deep down I know, you know, Sabonis went to Gonzaga. His his dad is uh, you know, very famous uh Soviet Union center. But you know, yeah, Lithuanian <laughs> center for sure. Yeah. But you know, this guy's this guy's American. This guy's American, so I, I appreciate uh <laughs> you you setting it straight there. Um but yeah, let's let's kind of dive into the meat of this thing. Uh if you were a Pacers fan, you know, like you said, outside looking in, neither of us are diehards of this fan base. But if you were a Pacers fan, what is your reaction to this season? Do you think this is a success? Is this a failure? Is it somewhere in between? Well, personally, on the outside looking in, I mentioned, I remember I mentioned like months ago, maybe even before the season, that the Pacers, like next year is their big year. Next year is going to be like, you know, if they start off hot, they could be, you know, a top three team, you know, top three seeded team, you know, if they, you know, and this goes for any team, you know, I, I think the, the start of the season is very much important, you know, in terms of, you know, you look at the heat and the heat, they kind of fumbled a little bit towards the end, but they were like the second or third seed throughout most of the season. So, you know, we're looking at like, you know, the results now they made it to the finals. It's not crazy to see that the heat are playing the Lakers in the finals. Like, it, you know, it, the whole talks about the asterisks and stuff like that. Like it seems, sounds kind of reasonable even before the bubble, right? Heat versus Lakers. It sounds about right. Um, but with the yeah. Pacers, you know, yeah, like I mentioned before, very surprising that the Heat just, like, kind of dominated them. Uh, I know one or two of those games were pretty close, but, like, it seemed like the Heat, like, just didn't blink against them. It was pretty crazy. Now, I'd be pretty – I'm pretty content with all things considered. If, if I'm a Pacers fan, you know, on the outside looking at again, I, I very much respect this franchise. I have all the faith that they will do what they need to do, like, you know, confidently because they've shown that they don't need free agents. They don't need to do that kind of stuff. Like, they've – they build basically, you know, I, and I mentioned this to you before, kind of similar to the Jazz, kind of similar to the Nuggets in terms of, you know, small market teams 
building from within, through the draft, through smart trades. So it's, they just need to retool a little bit now, like going into this offseason. But this past season, you know, everyone everyone was held back in some way, some way or another, you know, through the viruses or, you know, something like that. The Pacers also had some weird drama too, a little bit with Sabonis and a little bit with Oladipo more yeah. recently. But um, and Oladipo you know, not being there in the bubble, you know, that's obviously going to make a huge impact, especially when you're playing against the Heat where he's – you know, your kind of answer to the question that is Bam out of bio is, all right, well, we got some bonus, very similar players. Right. And I, I was actually at that game where he actually had that injury, uh, Oladipo against the Raptors. He had that terrible injury. Uh, what was it, a knee injury, I believe. Um, yeah, coming down like, and basically, um, that one was a very scary moment. Um, and I, I was actually, I was in Indiana then watching that game and, you know, people were just very, uh, very somber, I guess, um, because he was he was having a pretty good stretch around that week. Uh, but yeah, like I saw like ruptured two, quad. Oh, quad! That's right. That's right. Yeah. It was. Uh, I I think I saw a Zach Lowe tweet like maybe a couple of days ago, and it was something about maybe it wasn't in his article or, or his podcast or something, but it was about like was Victor Oladipo's 2018 season an, an, an outlier? Interesting. Like suggesting that he's not that good. Right, like suggesting that, like, you know, that was his best season. We may not see something like that from him again. Maybe he'll come close, but, like, you know, that was his kind of peak. I mean, honestly, I don't think that's a bad take. Victor Oladipo is, what is he, 28? I mean, and I think Zach Lowe's point was, like, maybe that's what executives are asking, too. Executives are asking, was that season an outlier? Well, I mean, when you – We'll see how he comes back, you know. But, yeah, that 2017-18 season and the 2018-19 season were statistically his two best years, his first two years in Indiana. He had uh, 23 points a game in that uh, 2017 season. Uh, He's, you know, let's see. So he was 27 most of the year this year. Um, Yeah, so he would have turned 28 in May. Yeah. shoot, you know, I'll be 29 next week. That's still young, but it changes when you're in the NBA and you're trying to build for the future. And, you know, the fact of the matter is this guy wasn't super healthy when he came back. And so it it creates kind of a question mark, which is going to lower his trade value. Uh, He only played around 28 minutes per game. When he did, he uh, started 16 of the 19 games he played in uh, this past season for the Pacers, 14 and a half points. Uh, only 31%, almost 32% from three. Uh, but that's comparative or, or comparing that to the last few years, he was around 34 and 37, uh, 36 his final year in OKC. And so that clearly was bothering him. And he just didn't seem to look like himself, I guess, you know, um, per 36 minutes, uh, way more turnovers than typical for him to uh, 3.2 turnovers. That's actually the highest mark per 36 minutes since his rookie year when he was only 21. And so it looked like there were some serious issues getting his rhythm and timing back. And uh, it creates a really interesting scenario where uh, now it sounds like this guy might want out, but the Pacers aren't, I, I don't know what the market value is. And that means, I don't know if they will get market value. For him, and there's always the possibility that he, he'll stay around, and you know, instead of him going, it'll be one of the two bigs, Sabonis or Miles Turner. Um, 
And, you know, we were actually talking about this a little bit before. I mean, like, if the Celtics were to make, like, a push for Miles Turner, that would be really big for them, for the Celtics. But, you know, how how good would it be for the Pacers? You know, like, what what would the Pacers be getting back, you know? I know you mentioned Hayward, but, you know, maybe some other players too. Yeah, I think uh, things could certainly get interesting there. Um, You know, like, because who would you rather have, Miles Turner or Sabonis? Or, well, actually, let's say, let's play this game. You have to keep two. One goes. Turner, Sabonis, Oladipo. Well, I think, I mean, I think the obvious answer would be Oladipo, right? Because, you know, he just hasn't really been the same. But then again, you could also go Turner. But now, I'm very much, I'm a believer in the Pacers loving Sabonis. I think the Pacers love Sabonis, and they don't want him to go. So I think the Pacers are going to do whatever it takes to get to keep him. I think he's the kind of player uh, that you want to build around. One of, one of the fun things about the Pacers uh, is they kind of reminded me of like an Eastern Conference Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Because, um, you know, they had a bunch of like good passers and they didn't really have like – obviously the, the Nuggets have a true star in Sabonis – um, but I wouldn't say the Pacers necessarily have a true star. If it is, it would be, or I'm sorry, the Nuggets have a true star in Jokic. Uh, if it is a true star in Indiana, it's a bonus, but it's kind of a team where all those guys are very capable of giving you like five assists a game. I think Brogdon, especially in the playoffs proved to be their best playmaker, but uh, Sabonis, much like Jokic, is the kind of player who I think having that kind of passing big is going to open up a lot of options for the rest of your guys. And so I'd way rather build around him. I don't know, man. I've just never been a big Miles Turner guy. What year are we in now for Miles Turner? Like, he was supposed to be really good, and I'm not saying he isn't, but like this past season, he only averaged six and a half rebounds a game. Uh, you know, he's obviously a really good shot blocker, but like, you're telling me you're 6'11", 250 pounder, like you're 24 now, man. Come on. Like, well, he, he just needs the right situation. I think I mean, like if he was on a team like the Rockets, I think the Rockets could be very beneficial. That would him. be interesting. Cause he's someone who can shoot that three. Uh, he yeah. definitely is as quick he, as PJ. Tucker, shot and yeah, like the Rockets, they want to go small. And like, you know, he, he'd be good for like a small ball center, you know, even though, you know, he's not really a small ball center. He's really big. But like, you know, go small with everyone except him. Yeah, yeah. And that could be interesting. It seemed like they tried to move away from that with Capella, but that could be an interesting landing spot for him given uh, his ability to hit the three-point shots. Um, but it sounds like we're in agreement. Keeps a bonus, whatever you do, but maybe you move Turner or Oladipo. I, I, I kind of like the, the Sabonis and Oladipo. I, I, I kind of like that one-two punch there. Uh, I, th- I think they can build around that nicely, assuming Oladipo can, you know, work his way back. He had such a, like, a – like, he, he definitely did not, you know, like, his numbers obviously were not very good at, at all. Uh, he, it's just very much like a rocky season in terms of, like, uh, consistent play time, you know. I remember he came back against the Bulls, and, like, I don't think he shot well, but he made, like, the game-winning three, you know. So he still has, you know. Yeah, he did. He still has, (laughs) you know, that kind of confidence. That was very – yeah, I think that was, like, literally, like you said, his first game back and uh, an emotional moment there. Um, But I don't know. You know, I just, like, look at the the depth chart, if you will, of this Pacers team, and it's like – 
you know, Turner, Sabonis, uh, TJ Warren, who we barely mentioned, who you could make an argument yeah, is the best really player, well especially the yeah. looking what he did in the bubble. Uh, Oladipo and Brogdon, like that's – I'd call it like a B-plus across the board, maybe an A-minus in Sabonis of like really solid players. Uh, maybe Oladipo's a B-minus for now uh, with his health, but like that's a really good position to be in. Uh, I just – don't know how it's going to work with Turner and Sabonis. And so then uh, you start looking into potential trade partners. Uh, before we started recording, we we're talking about maybe the Boston Celtics. And that could be very interesting, uh, especially if the Pacers are looking to get a little smaller. Maybe you could have something along the lines of uh, Gordon Hayward for Miles Turner. Then the Celtics got another um, big man who can shoot who can protect the rim, uh, they certainly were exposed at times in the bubble and especially in the playoffs against teams like the Heat where, like, Bam Adebayo was just giving them all sorts of trouble. The Celtics, he gave all sorts of trouble to the Pacers too. Uh, but if you can kind of find some sort of answer for that, it fixes a lot indirectly and directly. Yeah, um yeah, again, like I'm not sure who the Pacers would get Ben it's just like that, like other than Gordon Hayward. Um, I'm not sure how the salaries match exactly. Hayward's but... making almost 33. Turner's making 18, and so I think it would make sense. Like Turner's 24, so I think they have a little bit more leverage, especially given the injury history to Oladipo. Uh, yeah, but the Pacers would have to definitely find a way to balance the uh, check bo- checkbooks. And that's where things get a little dicey because uh, I don't think that they're necessary. They're definitely not going to move TJ Warren, but, you know, maybe Jeremy Lamb. But if you throw in Jeremy Lamb, uh, you know, it gets it within $4 million, but then you might want something back. Um, you know, even if that's like a guy like Carson Edwards going back to the state of Indiana, uh, the former Purdue right. star, who would give them a little bit more depth uh, in the backcourt. Yeah, and, and it all depends on you know, who's gonna at the helm coaching for their team too. You know how how well what kind of identity do they want to have? Right. Uh, because right now they kind of have that identity where it's just like yeah, you know they they're like very much a hardworking. They they kind of have that Utah Jazz identity now, like a very hardworking team, good but not great. So you know just finding that right coach, right? And I know the Pacers earlier a couple months ago. I don't know about a couple. It was definitely like a month ago. There was a report that the Pacers were going hard after Dan Tony. Uh, you know, the Pacers, you know, basically really wanted to get D'Antoni. And I think that'd be, that, that would have been a nice move. I mentioned to you before off the record, D'Antoni to the Kings would be a nice fit. Uh, the Kings are currently constructed, but uh, again, you know, Buddy Hill won out, but this is the Pacers we're talking here. And, you know, D'Antoni, I, 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 I'd love that for Indiana. Now there's another guy here, Daniel, Daniel Craig, not the actor, not the guy ah. from that movie, uh, or whatever. Uh, not, not, not that uh, Daniel Craig. Uh, yeah. The James the Bond, game. literally. <laughs> Yeah, James Bond too. Yeah, he was James Bond. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, uh, Dan Craig, he was part of the Heat, right? He's been part of the Heat since the Big Three era, and he's been like he's been working out with LeBron and, those, and like Dwayne Wade and those kind of guys a lot. So he he definitely kind of has some pull. Yeah, I remember. I hadn't heard of him until you uh, kind of introduced me to him. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm kind of looking at his. His resume right now, yeah, so he's in his 17th year with the Heat organization. So he's been around that winning culture. Kind of, you know, kind of in that kind of position before 
with kind of like video assistant, that kind of stuff. Okay. I think so. Something like that. Video coordinator. A uh, little bit, you know, when Eric Trosser was an assistant coach. And then eventually, you know, now he found his way to the, you know, uh, assistant coach spot. Now he's probably going to get a head coaching job. It's just a matter of one. And, you know, the Pacers, uh, you know, they, they had the interview with him. This came out, I think, today or yesterday. The Pacers had an interview with him, and they were so impressed. They were like, he, he like, they, they love everything about him, basically. So, you know, they say he's, he might be a front runner. Yeah, I mean, looking at his resume, it's just so impressive. Uh, spending all that time with the Heat, 2015-16, uh, he was the head coach of the Sioux Falls Sky Force. That's the G League affiliate. Uh, but also worked with Popovich a little bit uh, on the coaching staff for the USA uh, Senior National Team in 2018, uh, the summer of 2018. And so um, he's he's championship caliber, you know. Uh <laughs> He has been with Spo looks like since about day one. He started, as you mentioned, kind of a video intern in 2003, 2004, and then uh, turns into the video coordinator, uh, does some player development. Yeah, it's just a matter of time before him, but it looks like he very well could be the front runner. Uh, it's just crazy to kind of like, what what's this guy's identity going to look like? Uh, because it's like we don't want to put the cart in front of the horse. Obviously, the Pacers got to make some moves, and the offseason hasn't quite started yet, but it might be best for them to figure out who their coach is going to be so, you know, the chef can pick out the groceries. Yeah, and, like, you know, we obviously don't – we don't know what, like, what he's going to be like, what his coaching staff, which is, you know, his fellow coaches. And, you know, all we know is that he apparently he might be very good. That's all we know. He has potential to be a very good coach, and, you know, he, players love him, you know. Uh, that, that's pretty much all we know about him. Uh, and but like you know, if the if the Heat are any indication of how their organizations run, I think I'm thinking the Pacers want to have a similarly run organization. I think any team in the NBA is yeah. probably like I want to I want to be like the Heat. Besides maybe yeah. the Lakers, you know. Yeah, Lakers are like, yeah, we're fine, we're fine. We'll just get the next free agent. Yeah, the Nuggets are probably pretty content too. They're like, whatever, we took them to six yeah. too, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Actually, and this is a, a sidebar, but I was just wondering. Who gave the Heat or, or the Lakers more trouble, the Heat or the Nuggets, you think? That's a tough one. Um, well, I'd say the Heat because there was there's there was like three really, really gritty games. I'm going to say the Nuggets because if, if, you know, Anthony Davis doesn't, you know, scuttle to the side and let that one go. Oh, I'm you're actually gonna... right. You're actually right. That they, The Nuggets should have won that game too. You're right. I forgot. I totally forgot about that game because they were down by they were down by two points when he made that three. Yeah, now, I was looking for him to miss that, like everything. That was insane, man. Yeah, there's always one. There's always like one play, right? Like every year, there's always one play that's just like kind of defines like the, the champions run. So like last, yeah, you know, this past year, it was kind of that 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 shot by Anthony Davis. I was like, wow, this team might be the champions. Last year we had Kawhi shot. You know, uh, a couple years ago, well, what did we have a couple years ago? I mean, like we, we had like well, we had the. Game. We oh, got for like fifty. Well, Damian Lillard. Let's not forget yeah, Damian Lillard. He's had a few that, like, honestly, like changed the trajectory of the league itself. You know, he broke up the Thunder. Right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> he Yoko Onoed the Thunder. <laughs> it's crazy. The Thunder and the Thunder still have an All Star on their team. What the hell? Yeah. They They're thought they were going to be the Oklahoma City blunder, but they they were still the Thunder. Yeah. 
that team just yeah, can't man, uh, find a way to suck. You know, like <laughs> honestly, it's it's crazy to think. You know, it ties back into the Oladipo and uh, Sabonis. How many times they've like flipped things substantially? You know, because that was like all in the Paul George trade. In hindsight, who won that trade? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, we. I I think people. I I think everyone. At least most people realize that. Yeah, the Clippers gave up so many picks. I think to like. 2026 or something like that. 2027. They they don't have a pick or something like that till then. Oh, like, I, I, like I was talking about uh, Thunder Pacers trade from even further back. Oh, of course, of course, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one too. I feel like yeah, that's Pacers a tough one. one that getting Oladipo. You know, they got two All Star years out of Oladipo, and Sabonis looks like he's going to be one of the best bigs in the league for a long time. Yeah, and, and that that was also like. You know, I mentioned. I keep mentioning situation. They did find, you know, they found the right spot there. You know, Oladipo, especially, he found like he found his character there, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was very appropriate, and it makes me sad if he does leave, just because it's such a storybook situation that this Indiana Hoosier now becomes an Indiana Pacer. Um, I, I always like it when, no matter where it is, a, a player can kind of rep his. I, oh, I guess I can't say hometown. Where, where's Oladipo from? Obviously, yeah, I was going to ask that. Uh, I, I I don't think he's from Indiana, but like I know he's from. You know, he's obviously from somewhere. <laughs> but, Let's see. But he's definitely not from Indiana. Uh, Florida. He's from Maryland. Maryland. All right. Interesting. Hmm. Maybe they trade uh, for Davis Bertans and a bunch of other stuff. Well, Bertans. I think his, his contract is expiring, and that wouldn't make any sense, actually. I'd take all that back. Be, yeah, that'd also be really tough for the Wizards, too. Yeah, yeah, because they already got Wall and Beal. Beal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, do you think there's any teams that, like, Oladipo could really help, though? I mean – Well, I know there have been rumors about – you know, some people have been talking about Miami as a destination, right? You know, maybe – Oh, God. If I were the Heat – if I were the Heat, I wouldn't mess with anything. I wouldn't touch anything unless, like, Giannis is up for sale. Because then you have to, like, bench Duncan Robinson. Tyler Hero yeah. gets less minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. Interesting. I don't anything if I were Miami. Yeah, you almost want to, like, run it back, maybe add, like, a backup power You'll get a couple guys. That's really, really what they need. Yeah, they're already – Shoot, they were the closest team to uh, winning the championship. So, yeah, uh, yeah, nothing to sneeze at there. Uh, well, shoot, man, we I feel like we've just about run our course here. Do you have any uh, other thoughts on, on the Pacers? Nothing really. Uh, I, you know, I love Larry Bird. I love how he, you know, runs his teams. Um, you know, I think it's been – he's been running the Pacers for a really long time now, like maybe since the late 90s. Yeah, it sounds about right. It it seems like he's always like changing roles, but somehow still in charge. <laughs> yeah, so now he, I guess he's kind of a consultant now. I guess right at that at this point, he's just getting older. He's also, I mean, he's the Godfather forever. You know. Yeah, he really of, is. Yeah, of Indiana. You know. Sort of, like you know, like sort of getting like him him leading the Pacers to a championship as an executive or something. You know. Yeah, I <laughs> I remember. Uh, the, you know, the storyline of like, ooh, now Magic Johnson and Larry Bird are going to get to be executives yeah, against each that's other. Right. That uh, Magic Johnson bailed after like a week or so. <laughs> <laughs> it was about a month, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was, he was not there for very long. Um, 
all well, that. Well, what a, what a debacle that season was for the Lakers last year. Yeah, but well, all the shit talk, you know, it all got back to him. Yeah. In also, that, like, you know, the Lakers were just like, yeah, we'll just bounce back. We'll just get another superstar with LeBron James. Like, just just out of trees, you know? That's just how it is for the Lakers. That's why I mad respect for the teams like the Pacers because and the Jazz, too, because they never really get any free agents. I think the Pacers, I mean, they didn't really get anyone except Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, and that was such player. an important pickup for them. Uh, yeah. Honestly, like, if I'm the Pacers, I guess this is where I'll leave it. Like, the priority of this offseason, like, you have a good team. Maybe change the build a little bit. So, maybe you're trying to flip Miles Turner. Um, but as far as, like, Sabonis, TJ Warren, uh, and Brogdon go, I think they're all going to be back. Uh, we're going to see – I think Oladipo, the ball's in his court, you know. Because I think they want him back. I do. Um, but if, if he doesn't want to be there, I think they'll look to flip him. Uh, but you, it, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like you have a really nice starting five and then Jeremy Lamb, who's quietly turned into kind of an underrated player, uh, a guy who can give you some serious buckets off the bench. Doug McDermott, if you listen to our game show, The Full Court Trap, you know that he is uh, – what was the statistic? The – um, highest highest shooting that. percentage. Oh yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so uh, McDermott, you know, the, he's one of six guys on that team who average uh, ten or more points per game, and so even he's an important piece. Like you don't need that much more. You look at how the Heat did it. Like on paper, the Heat aren't that much better than the Pacers. So the Pacers fan base, I think, should be feeling encouraged. Uh, this is such a pivotal moment for them. They need to make uh, the right hire with the right coach. It'll be interesting to uh, see if Dan Craig winds up being that guy. It sounds like they really like him, but you got to make a right hire and you got to make sure that after that, your personnel mit, uh, matches with the uh, style of play. But And also just as another aside, like it seems like they kind of downgraded from Frank Vogel to Nate McMillan. Yeah, I think Frank Vogel's a good coach. I don't know what happened there. I feel like there, it was just, it might have been like maybe a tune out moment, you know, and they just wanted to find another coach. And I believe McMillan was an assistant, so I guess he just promoted him. But McMillan yeah. was always kind of mediocre. I mean, but he did, he did pretty, he did all right this last two years. Yeah, he did. I, I was shocked he got fired, frankly. Right, right. Yeah. And then when we were talking about like Chauncey Billups, and, I'm like, in no yes. respect to Chauncey, but you're going to fire a, uh, a coach who's like been uh at least like shoot man he won 48 then 45 wins like what did he do wrong and he he also coached like like two different leagues too like he's been coaching for a long long time like he's coaching the sonics you know wow wow that is crazy to think about and then the blazers a little bit after that so yeah like he's been yeah. around for a long time yeah and that's blazers with like brandon roy too <laughs> maybe we're not the only ones who looked at the shot chart you know? Yeah, that's true. That's Maybe right. they were like, oh, God, look at all these elbow jumpers. <laughs> You're done, man. You're done. He's like, what, what about Sabonis? No, man. <laughs> oh, Not maybe, enough. Maybe all it took was getting swept by the heat, but they're, they're good, man. They're, they're in good shape. Uh, if you're a Pacers fan, I think you got nothing to complain about. Don't be short-sighted. Don't miss the forest for the trees. You had a rough series against the Miami Heat, but you got a squad, man. You got a squad. Um, 
you know, they're even a great 2K team. Like, who's who, yeah. who are you going to kill them with? You know, you got a lot of different weapons. Uh, look for Sabonis to work on that outside shot a little bit more. If I had to look in the, the crystal ball, I think um, Miles Turner will get moved. But the Pacers definitely should remake the wheel. They're in good shape. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, how they're going to look next season. I, like I said, I, I thought that they would you know, next season. This is really their off season, a huge off season here. Next season, they could be like the Denver Nuggets were last season. You know, this or whatever two seasons ago now. Just taking was, a huge jump. Just making an amazing jump and like being the second seed, first seed for a lot of the year. Similarly built teams. Uh, there's a lot of shooting. Uh, you have some good passing bigs, and you know. It seems like you were kind of comparing them to the Nuggets a uh, year before, you know, like this year they took that next leap. So, yeah, the Pacers, they could be that team. They could be that team. Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of these small market teams have run, run very well. And as a Bulls fan, you know, we're all very jealous because, uh, you know, the Bulls are a bigger market and the Bulls have done a horrible job of, like, you know, attracting free agents some of that stuff that big market teams kind of do. Um, and also, you know, just being run as like a normal, you know, a, a normal team, right? It's like a normal, you know, just a team that's kind of laying low, you know. That's what the Pacers are. They're, they're kind of like that low key, you know. It, you know, if you if you've been paying attention to the NBA, you know, you'd know that the Pacers are should be well respected, you know, as that organization. Yeah, absolutely. Well, only time will tell. Uh, and quick message for our listeners if you want to get involved in any of these episodes if you are a fan of a specific team and you want to uh hop on and talk just shoot me a dm on our instagram that's uh i believe it's hoops dramas pod hoops dramas is apparently a a hula hooper so she already beat us to the punch there but (laughs) uh yeah message us at hoops dramas pod and um yeah, we're, we're hoping to do this for at least all the interesting teams. I don't know if we're going to get to all the teams in the NBA, uh, but we got to get to the important ones. The, the Pacers are certainly on that short list right now. Uh, and always shout out to Evan uh, Butris for making our logo. Check out his stuff at the Wax Cowboy on Instagram. Hami, always a pleasure doing business with you, my friend. Likewise, man. Thank you. We'll see you guys next time.